0: the Development Policy Centre podcast. In this episode, Rowan Sweeney of the Centre for Health Economics at Monash University presents his findings on the impact of sector-wide approaches, or SWAPs, in health on infant mortality rates. Before I move on to introducing the speaker and the subject matter for this talk, I just want to take a moment to uh, acknowledge the number of all people, the traditional custodians of the land upon which we are meeting today, and I want to pay respect to their elders both past and present. So in our talk today we're going to hear about a big aspirational idea which has become important in aid practice over the last two decades. This is the sector-wide approach or SWAP for short. Put put simply, the ideal of a SWAP is that all major donors working in a sector such as health in a particular country enter into something akin to an agreement to work together and to work together with the government of the recipient country in question to coordinate their efforts and to work through recipient country government systems. Like all of AIDS, or all of all, almost all of AIDS big ideas, the idea of the swap was born of previous failings. In particular, donors, uh, failings associated with donors not working together and fragmenting their aid efforts as well as failures associated with donors duplicating, and in some instances undermining, the work of recipient, government, uh, recipient country governments themselves. When set against these sorts of problems, swaps seem like a very sensible approach to delivering aid. The trouble, alas, though, is that in the world of development, um, often things that seem very sensible, sensible uh, come to grief when confronted by the complexities of the, giving, of the aid-giving process. And so with swaps, as with much of aid work, what we're really left with is an empirical question. Swaps seem good, but do they actually improve health outcomes, or do they actually improve outcomes in the sector of interest uh, as a whole? And this is the sort of question that we can only answer through very careful analysis of real-world data, which is precisely why I'm happy to have the honor of introducing today's talk. Has the sector-wide approach delivered improvements in population health? Our speaker, Rowan Sweeney, who is a, is a research fellow at the Center for Health Economics at Monash University, and not only is he a health economist, but he's also uh, someone who's devoted considerable time over recent years to using cross-country and time series data sets to evaluate the effectiveness of swaps. If anyone has an answer to the question of whether swaps work, whether they help, then it's going to be Rowan. So over to you, Rowan. Not, not to place uh, too many expectations on your shoulders. you've, yeah. you've... You've
1: delivered the first couple of my slides, too, already. That's oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, thank you, Terence, for that kind introduction. Um, it's a pleasure to be here this afternoon, and thank you all for taking your time out of your lunch breaks, no doubt. Uh, it's most appreciated. <clears throat> so has the sector-wide approach delivered improvements in population health? Now, this paper does come directly from my, my recently submitted thesis, which... which as Terence mentioned, does look to to quantify impacts of the swap in delivering, um, swap for delivering health aid by employing econometric methods to analyse large cross-country panel data. Now this particular chapter hasn't yet been published, so any feedback and suggestions from the floor that can strengthen my case are, are definitely most welcome. The last 20 years has seen massive increases in levels of health aid. We've seen more aid from more donors. And whilst this is very much welcome, as Terence mentioned, poor coordination between recipient governments and donors and amongst donors themselves has been blamed for reduced aid effectiveness. Calls for more coordinated aid delivery resulted, and, and the sector-wide approach has has been perhaps the most prominent formal manifestation of a coordinating approach in the health sector. The swap itself is something more of a process than a than a fixed blueprint. In reality, it has been operationalised differently across from country to country, but essentially, it does see donors and aid recipient governments formally agree to support. A, sector-wide health strategy that's government-led, credibly budgeted, and where donors share, the pro- share their processes, of the reporting process, and, and increasingly commit, or sorry, commit to increasingly use the recipient government's financial uh, management and accountability systems. Now, the reported benefits of this greater coordination under a swap is it's meant to lead to increased local ownership of aid programs, greater respect for domestic priorities and domestic priority setting mechanisms, uh, reducing the burden of managing numerous donors and their often competing agendas and unique reporting requirements. But ultimately, it's hoped that the swap will lead to health improvements. Now, the evidence base underpinning the effectiveness of swap is very limited particularly with respect to health outcomes. As such, it has been argued that decisions to implement health swaps has often been based more on the assumption of benefit than any actual evidence base of benefit. Perhaps in managing expectations, uh, Hutton and Tanner argued that, that implementing a health swap is an evolutionary process, and as such, Uh, It follows that achieving positive public health impacts uh, through the improved use of health aid is also going to take some time. Nevertheless, they argue there's got to be a point if donor support is going to be maintained that swaps will deliver health benefits. And so this particular paper asks for us to fill this evidence gap somewhat with, with asking the question, does what impact on infant mortality rates? Now, the infant mortality rate uh, has been specifically selected as my outcome of interest here because it's generally considered to be uh, more comprehensive, reliable and sensitive than other population health indicators. And obviously, not infants, but it's you know, a happy photo that I like, so I'll show it. there. So, as I mentioned, the evidence base is very limited. Um, And I say that in that there's not really any studies that have specifically tried to to quantify the impact of of swap implementation on health outcomes. Andrew McNee, who spent a bit of time here, he may still be around here, I'm not sure, um, he showed a number of aspects where swaps have formed more poorly than expected Um, against specific intermediate outcomes that sets pretty low expectations of of health improvements. You know, he he identifies that donors are often being reluctant to to use recipient government financial management systems, Uh, that that there's only very limited evidence that swaps have facilitated any increase in expenditure on frontline services. Perhaps more optimistically, Raylan Court cite that infant mortality in Tanzania almost halved subsequent to SWAP implementation. And in a report from... an OECD report from the Working Party on Aid Effectiveness, they identified a number of countries where they associated SWAP implementation with improved service utilisation, particularly related to maternal and child health services. They also identified... Uh, a halving of, of child mortality rates in Ethiopia and argued that they were quite plausibly attributed to that country's health swap. Unfortunately, the case study methodologies that have been used in all of these studies um, are not really suitable for trying to quantify the impacts of swap. At a minimum, we need some sort of contemporaneous control group to. to to control for confounding factors so we can understand what might have happened in the absence of SWAP implementation in those countries. And there are another number of potential confounding factors that would have also potentially impacted on infant mortality rates. Uh, This period has seen large increases in health aid. Uh, We've seen also a, a dramatic shift in the focus towards maternal and child health services through the Millennium Development Goals. And there's also just been a general increase in interest for a number of years amongst, about donor coordination via the Paris Declaration um, and Aid Effectiveness Agenda. So there are, there are certainly some confounding factors that make us question these sorts of estimates about you know, a halving of maternal mortality rates attributable to the when we just look at a case study. And this paper tries to... I guess, address some of these issues through the methods that it employs. Further motivation for this paper coming directly from my from thesis is that uh, swap implementation has been associated with a, a 30% reduction in levels of health aid allocated to the poorest implementing countries compared to the counterfactual. Now, this suggests that these governments are sort of grappling with a trade-off between having greater control over their health aid program and the size of the, the pot of money, there's also evidence that swaps can increase um, government, recipient government ownership over aid programs by influencing funding flows, where swap was associated with a, a, a very large 360% increase in levels of health aid that have been delivered as untied sector support. In both cases, though, we don't really know what the ultimate health and welfare effects of these changes are. Anyway, it is it's 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 quite plausible that if I was a, a benevolent dictator that I'd be more than happy or prepared to forego some foreign aid if if I knew that under my control I could use it more effectively. So this graphic here presents, I guess, the three main causal pathways by which I foresee swap implementation impacting on a country's infant mortality rates. First pathways through technical efficiency gains. Reduced burden of managing donors, strengthened recipient capacity to manage health aid, reducing duplication of health service activities. Pathway B is opportunities for allocative efficiency gains as well. Uh, This increase in levels of health aid that's given as untied aid that are uh, greater control, so giving recipient governments greater control over how to allocate that money can potentially improve the effectiveness of that aid by, by I guess, better meeting the needs of the people rather than donor priorities. The third pathway is, as I've just mentioned, implementing a swap can have a, uh, an impact on levels of health aid delivered. Implementing SWOT, particularly amongst the poorest countries, uh, is associated with less foreign aid, which means you've got less resources to try and uh, address your infant mortality problems. So what did I do? First I had to compile and partially construct a a data set of, of health aid recipients. And then I needed to identify a meaningful contemporary. Oops, I've something there. I to this? Yes. Um, a meaningful comparable uh, group of treatment or swapping countries and control countries. They needed to be well matched um, on, on a number of characteristics, including their likelihood of ever implementing a health swap. The econometric methods I'll employ is called a, a difference-in-differences approach to identify differences in average levels of infant mortality rates between the swap group and the control country group. And to further control for any other underlying factors that may also impact on infant mortality rates, we use fixed effect, country fixed effects. So what does that mean? So this is what the uh, the group, the treatment Referring to the swap group as treatment control of non-implementing countries. These are sort of baseline characteristics uh, of the two groups. And they're pretty well matched on, on, most, on most indicators. Most importantly, they're well matched on health outcomes. There's no, no, no significant difference between their uh, infant mortality rates and life expectancy at baseline. There are some differences between the groups in terms of their GDP per capita and urbanisation rates, where we can see that, on average, the swap countries were much poorer and and, uh, far less urbanised than the non-swap control group, which may indicate uh, greater health system challenges faced by the swap-implementing countries at baseline. So there's a need to make sure I control for those differences moving forward. So this is the model. Apologies for those who are not so comfortable with statistics and econometrics. Um, what I'm trying to estimate here is first the overall impact of swap fire all three of those pathways. See the ultimate effect of swap on infant mortality rates. And what this equation is effectively saying is that infant mortality rate is, is my outcome of interest. And I'm trying to establish if there's any differences in how infant mortality rates have changed uh, over time on average between the, the swap group and the treatment, sorry, and the control group. And that's a, a swap treatment dummy variable. So what I'm saying here, I guess, just to another way is that trying to see what proportion of any differences or any changes in infant mortality rates are attributable to the implementation of a SWAP policy. Now, of course, the presence of a SWAP or not is not the only factor that's going to be influencing infant mortality rates. Um, you know, general wealth, GDP per capita, health expenditure these all need to be controlled for as well. And so I've got a, a number of control variables to try and um, control for them. And there may be other unobserved factors specific to a country uh, that, that I also need to control for, and that's what we call a, a country fixed effect that tries to isolate any specific trends within a country to make sure we're not um, improperly... Sorry, um, we're not attributing inappropriately any changes in for mortality rates specifically to swap when there might be other factors within a country that are affecting it this final term here is catches a, a specific time trends that captures global trends that might also be impacting on on infant mortality rates in, in countries so the results. What have we found? Well, the main result is that yes, it does appear that implementing a swap has improved or reduced infant mortality rates. This coefficient can be interpreted as uh, implementing a swap is associated with a 6.7 or 6.5% reduction in infant mortality rates. To try and contextualise that a bit more, if we consider the average infant mortality rate before any swaps were implemented, was about 77 deaths per 1,000 live births. Implementing a swap would reduce that by about five to six fewer deaths compared to the counterfactual. So that's the main finding, and it's an important finding. I guess for those drawn to some other uh, significant findings, what we do see is that an increase in levels of GDP per capita also has a significant um, impact on reducing infant mortality rates. That suggests that a 10% increase in GDP is associated with about a 1.3% reduction in infant mortality rates. The presence of a more effective government, as measured by a World Bank Index of, of Government effectiveness is also associated with significant reductions in infant mortality rates. So these are all intuitive findings that we'd like to see. So add some sort of face validity to the model. Now I mentioned earlier that, um, that Hutton and Tanner had argued that given that swaps is a, a SWAP is an evolutionary process in itself, that it's likely to take some time to see some health impacts. And so I wanted to investigate this as well, and I did that this by introducing what we call uh, time interval dummies, where I looked at any differences between the swap and, trip, uh, swap and control groups uh, prior to any swaps being implemented, and then the impact of swap in the early years of swap, and then as swaps matured. Now a priori the expectation here is that there shouldn't be any difference between the groups uh, prior to swap, and that that Effect size might get bigger over time, and that's exactly what we we'll do to find. Uh, most importantly, and comfortingly, I guess there is no difference between the treatment and control groups in the pre-swap period, which suggests that the, the treatment has occurred or the intervention swap has occurred before the response. And that provides some support for causality there and reduces our concern that SWAP has been endogenously related to infant mortality rates. And what we also find is that the early period of SWAP effect is small and non-significant and it's not until SWAP's mature that we start to see a significant impact of SWAP on infant mortality rates. Now in this model here I'm trying to, uh, to tease out the uh, efficiency pathway effect through technical and allocative efficiency gains and the impact swap can have on uh, levels of health aid. And I do this by introducing a new control variable for health aid per capita. And what we find after we've controlled for differing levels of health aid, that the SWAP effect remains constant. In fact, it gets a little bit bigger. It's after controlling for changing levels of health aid, the impact of SWAP is associated with about a a 7.5% reduction in infant mortality rates. And what this suggests, then, given that it's a larger effect than when we looked at the overall impact of SWAP, is that... um, Foregone levels of health aid has constrained the potential uh, benefits of swap implementation by, by uh, about one and a half percent. In this model, I've also introduced a, uh, another interaction term here which looks at which looks at trying to quantify whether the impact of swap is mediated on how much health aid a country is receiving whether a swap becomes increasingly effective as health aid goes up. Uh, There's no significant finding there, (coughs) Uh, but when we consider the total impact of health aid delivered to swap countries, then it's actually the impact of, it's it's the, the sum of the impact of health aid by itself. and health aid delivered specifically to swap countries and we can sum these to our coefficients and we actually find that the total marginal effect of an additional dollar of health aid by a swap country compared to a non-swap country is about a five percentage point difference. Now it's not reaching significant levels but the p-value is pretty damn close. We've got a p-value of 0.103 so I guess some might consider that sufficient evidence if you're a, you know, risk-loving person, to suggest that there is weak, at least, evidence that um, that the marginal aid dollar can be more effective when delivered to a swap-implementing country than a non-implementing country. Now, these results were um, mostly robust to a number of additional tests. The ones I want to go into more detail relate to uncertainty or contested ideas around definitions of swap. There are contested opinions as to when a swap can be considered to have begun. Um, and to, to test the sensitivity of my results to that uh, debate, I systematically re ran the main model. Uh, commencing each individual country swap one year earlier and then one year later. There's also in some cases some contested ideas as to whether a country's, some particular country's swaps should even be considered a swap. To test the importance or sensitivity of the results to that, I systematically dropped each swap implementing country from the analysis and reran the model to see if there's any one particular country with potentially um, contested swap status that is really driving these results. And this graphic tries to describe the the variation in the findings, in the the, the swap estimates to those rerun estimations. This red line here represents the uh, average swap effect that I found in the main model. This six point seven percent reduction in infant mortality rates. Uh, we've got all the, the swap implemented countries included in the model. Red dots represent the finding when the Bangladesh swap was introduced one year later. Blue one year earlier. Green when the Bangladesh uh, swap was removed from the model entirely. And you know you see that there's. A lot of clustering around this, this main effect, so it's not too sensitive to those uh, changes. I guess what we should be most concerned about is sensitivity that reduces the effect size uh, to non-significant levels. And the, most, the model was most sensitive to the exclusion of Bangladesh from the model, Malawi, Nepal and uh, Mozambique. Now, comfortingly for me, these aren't swaps that are particularly contested. There's, you know, they're not... They're these, the presence of a swap in these countries is, is not challenged. And so I guess what we might draw from this, then, is given that removing these countries from the analysis has a, has a meaningful impact on reducing the size of the swap impact, suggests that these countries are doing particularly well but their SWAP has, has, had, a, has a, had a particularly strong impact on infant mortality rates. And this is a good way of potentially identifying some case study, control, case study um, countries to really investigate what have they been doing that's so right. Why have their SWAPs been, had such a, a meaningful impact on infant mortality rates? now I haven't really raised this but Terence alluded to it at the start but the SWAP as an approach to healing health is really at a crossroads kind of on the nose at the moment despite donors really lauding a coordination of the SWAP in the early days they've only ever really or most have only ever really demonstrated half-hearted commitment increasingly now uh, donors are, are returning to their preference for project-based aid, where they can tie their aid to specific projects. That's money that's easier to track, potentially measure the impact, and an easier message to sell to the voters back home. The rise of global funds, um, also with a with a modality of delivery that, that really relies or focus solely on project aid. Is also influencing here. Also the lack of evidence of the SWAP impact is only compounding I guess donor disengagement with the idea. But coordination wary and weary donors really need to consider re-engaging with the health SWAP approach and aid coordination. This paper is providing compelling evidence that their patients can be rewarded SWAT can positively impact on population health. And with greater engagement from donors, these impacts could indeed be greater.
0: leave it there. Thank you. So does anyone have any thoughts, questions, feedback? Uh, thank you for an excellent talk. <laughs> I'm actually an epidemiologist, so I'm interested in population health outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, you sort of mentioned it in the last slide, but I was just wondering about the role of the Global Fund, and in a lot of these countries I'm most familiar with the Pacific, and I can see Solomon's and Papua New Guinea on there, uh, and they have Global Fund money. I'm just wondering how, because they don't usually enter into a swap per se, how did you sort of account for that, or any comments about the Global Fund?
1: Um, well, I guess I, I haven't really accounted for that, and there there could be, yeah, I, I there is possibility that they might be really driving some of these impacts, and you right, I need to probably consider controlling for levels of global fund aid. Um, in terms of the swap itself, I think the rise and prominence of of Global Fund, Gavi, and these, these, and even the Gates Foundation. These are um, agencies that really do focus on project-based aid, and they certainly um, harnessed attention towards the, the Millennium Development Goals as well, which which further have a real project-based aid focus. Uh, so they certainly had a, had a major impact in, in weakening the the um, enthusiasm for for donor coordination, definitely. Mm. Thank you. I have that little control.
0: Can I just clarify that? Does that um, speak to sort of the definition of the control group in some ways, in terms of some of the issues and what are the, what are the what are the treatments for the the actual control group? Because you were saying that you were trying to address the issue with the absence. The, the absence of anything, and we've got an effect, but then what happens? What are we talking about? What's happening in the control groups who are presumably receiving some sort of aid, but of a different type? Is that
1: what's, what's happening? Uh, well, no, I mean, most sw- I have to have a look at the data, but certainly I would be very confident in saying almost all swap implementing countries are also recipients of this project based aid from these global funds and Um What I can tell you is that. No no Gates, Gavi or Global Fund disbursements over the last 15 years or something since they started have been delivered as, as sector support, you know. It's never been untied aid, um, but all countries are receiving and taking on aid from this. But they may be happening in different levels and I perhaps need to think about controlling for that a bit further. Mm.
0: Hi, I'm Belinda Thompson, I'm a PhD student here looking at health issues um, in fragile countries particularly, and I just was interested in what you said about the contestation around what is included as a swap in a country and what's not. Could you speak a little more to that? Um,
1: Yes, I guess, guess, you know, when I talked about some of those main characteristics of a swap... um, There's a lot of, there is a bit of debate around this. When swaps were first implemented or suggested as an idea, the idea was really a focus that donors would all pull their funds and give it as untied, you know, general budget or sector support under control of the recipient government. Uh, Quickly, expectations were, I guess, mellowed because donors didn't really want to do that. And so increasingly many countries' swaps have, have evolved to be considered a swap still as long as donors may be delivering tied aid, as long as that aid is specifically uh, tied to projects that are within the bounds of their national health plan or national health strategy. Um, there's, there's a couple of complicating factors about when a swap might be considered a swap is that, you know, there was thought it is an evolving process. You know, the early stages might be just about getting donors and governments together, meeting frequently and talking about what their plans are for the year, and how can we support your national health plan. A more sophisticated swap would suggest that there's... um, Donors are starting to share processes for reporting and accountability that that, that a recipient government only has to account... using the same sort of framework or account for their aid once, and that should be a report that satisfies each of the donors. Um, And a further step along in the process is that donors are starting to utilise recipient government, financial management accountability systems. But a lot of people are more than satisfied to say we've got a swap in place prior to having these sort of shared processes, and some people aren't so satisfied with that. Um, I guess another aspect of it you know we talk about it being Scott being sort of government led support um, I guess there's, there's a you can say there's government led support but, sorry government led processes here but I guess the extent you know the depth of that can differ amongst countries and so sometimes when the engagement with some of these ideas can differ in, in the depth of them Some people might not be so satisfied that it should be considered a swap. Certainly moving towards a swap is a common term used, but not necessarily a swap. And that is one of the problems. And that's why I've run through a number of uh, robustness tests to see how important this finding is, that result is on the inclusions with the countries and swaps included. Could I ask what your personal
0: opinion is on that? Whole division as to whether it's a swap or not. Surely, a oh. country has greater or lesser capacity. You know, if they're at least making progress towards it, that would that be your view that that should be included
1: as a swap or are you? Um, well, I guess I guess that's the view I have taken in this. Um, I've I've jumped on the the, the side that suggests that um, partly because that makes it a bit easier for identification, but. Um, I guess you'd probably have to talk to people who are working a bit more on the ground in specific countries with swaps to say, you know, and who actually work across a number of countries with swaps, um, have a, a more detailed uh, position on that, um, but I don't think there are many people who are working really engaged in any one swap that are equally engaged in other swaps, so. It is a, 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 a limitation or a potential limitation of this sort of work. You...
0: Tony, was waiting patiently uh, after that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I missed the first part of this session. So I, was the best I apologize <laughs> <laughs> if I missed the crucial information. Uh, just to get a sense
1: of the, the, the time dimension um, and also curious, following on this discussion, just the, uh, whether or not you can break down this W variable that you've brought. Characteristics, yeah. uh, is it possible to to open up that black box a bit and see what yeah. part of swap the swap that you're driving as well? Mm. This is like reading one of my examiner's reports from my thesis. Um... He <laughs> might have been your examiner. Yeah. <laughs> um... yeah. Sorry, remind yeah. me of the first part of the. Oh, just the time dimension. Yeah, that okay, to sorry. Know. Well, the the data set itself um, is is drawn from, predominantly from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation. They've got a big data set on health aid crossing 20 years, 1990 to 2010. Um, Swaps themselves, sorry, as I get to the end, um, started to first be implemented. The early ones were in 1993, a number in 97, and it was sort of... I guess around the Pacific and Southeast Asia really and the Pacific started to um, pop up after 2000 um, certainly AusAid started to really get engaged in the Pacific with the swap approach in, in sort of 2005 and later. Um, yes, one of the weaknesses or limitations of this study is that there are differing stages I guess in implementing a swap um, and it would be great to be able to unpick these core components of swap and see which which factors or which elements of the swap really, you know, create any sort of tipping point of, of impact. Um, unfortunately, that data just doesn't exist. You know, it was it was a three month task just to try and identify confidently all the health all the countries that had health swaps, and a, and. A, and a timing of implementation. Um, so it's at, the, at the moment it's not possible um, to really break down these, the impact of, of core components of SWOT um, and you know it's certainly something that we want to do and we're trying to apply it a couple of, or we've applied once for, for grant funding on that. Um, at this stage can't really go any further than this sort of average effect of a, of a general swap. Yeah. So. So for a or G, um, are you able, I just get a sense of the time dimensions, is that part of your non-implementing Greek prime of 2008, like this thing? Oh, okay. Yeah, effectively, so what, what we, I guess we're looking at two, Two trends. There's there's the swap group trend and the um, the control group trend. And we like to be seeing, on average, no differences in trends prior to any swap being implemented. But then, when a done a swap gets turned on, from then on, it's now a uh, we're we now trying to estimate the impact of of that. So that didn't come out too wrong. Well. Um, to see after swaps get turned on, what is the, the diverging impact on infant mortality rate trends? Is that...? Yeah, um, so how, how often do you have measures every year? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, it's an annual panel, dataset. <laughs> no, set. Okay, that was a lot of <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: misdirection there. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um what? Can you, have you thought about, I mean, not all recipient countries are equally well-governed. And it strikes me that perhaps the the efficacy of the swap might be heterogeneous across um, countries uh, with respect to their own quality, recipient country quality of governance. Have you thought about putting an interaction term in your regression equation? uh, I
1: I have thought about it, but haven't done it. But yes, that's that's, that's very true. It is possible. Um, one of the reasons why I haven't done it is the um I guess this particular indice of government of effectiveness that I've used um, doesn't doesn't have any data until nineteen ninety six I and mean, then for the first six or five years um was only collected every every second year. So there's, I guess there's there's missingness in that particular indicator that I guess it's maybe... Is not that the World Bank? Yeah, yeah. Um, and as far as I've been able to find, that seems to be the the indicator that has, I guess, the longest spread um, across the most countries. There's other indicators that um, might have more consistent spread of, of selected countries, but they're not covering all of the countries, so they're sort of missing it, not yeah. at random. So that way,
0: transparency the whatever. Yeah, river. yeah. And I guess you could use... Quality data set, but then that's more, whether country is democratic or not, as opposed to how well governed
1: it is. Yeah. And um, and that's not necessarily a yeah. predictor of, of, yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you look at interaction with GDP by any chance, considering this significantly? Because it was the magnitude of the effect, this rate wasn't for the GDP that it was for the split? Was that correct, or did uh, you misread
1: that slide? Yeah, I guess there's a slightly different way of interpreting those coefficients. Um, so what effectively we can interpret from these um, is that swap implementation, how we would interpret that is sort of becoming a swap is associated with a 6.5% reduction. What this, how we would interpret this indicator here is that a 10% increase in GDP per capita is associated with a 1.3% decrease in infant mortality rates. So in this particular sample of countries uh, implementing a swap is sort of a similar impact as as um, a 40% increase in in GDP which sounds like a lot um, but we are talking a lot of countries you know GDP starting at sort of 200, 300 dollars a year GDP per capita so you know taking that up to 450 dollars a year per capita is not Can have that big an impact on infant mortality rates. But I can certainly look at some interactions between swap and GDP. John? Obviously, your study looked at swaps in health. Did did you, when you were looking at the literature, look at swaps in other sectors like in education? Mm. Were there studies such as yours that have been? Uh, no, not that I've found. I did look a little. Um, There's it's just not a lot of um, peer-reviewed con- quantitative assessments of SWAP. Uh, health uh, Sorry, health and education, I guess, were when it first, sectors the sectors became most prominent. Um, it's hard enough trying to find some <laughs> stuff on health. It's really mostly... World everything. Bank reports and things hidden away, and, yeah. and, and um, this is, I guess a slightly different board about evaluations of um, sector budget support. Uh, well, some of the data, yeah, some sec, yeah, some of these terms sort of cross over, and some of these uh, the papers that look at the impact of swap also incorporate sector budget supporters as, as a as a subset of their their swap dollar. So I. Um, but there are of course other countries who haven't implemented a specific swap that are getting sector budget support. Um and I guess that's one of the reasons why we want to make sure we've got these control groups, but it's yeah, it's not an easy thing to, to pick apart some of this data and I guess that's why at this level we're trying to looking at very average effects across a group of countries. Yeah. yeah is. Um, I read your paper on the about Dodafite swap,
0: impact on fight, and uh and the outcome from that seemed to be that um, countries need to cons- reconsider the impact that implementing a swap would have on on the level of aid that goes mm. into the country. And and the outcome of this seems to say, well, donors need to reconsider their commitment to swaps given mm. the demonstrated impact. I'm interested in your thesis overall. What what's the the message that comes out of it is is it generally positive towards swaps, given that they're not they're not contradicting outcomes, no, no, but no. they but they are sort of leading in different directions.
1: Yeah, well, I guess you know that first paper did find this effect, and we like, we argued that not necessarily re- that they would need to reconsider engaging in swap, but there's this trade-off potentially they have to face between greater control over their aid budget and how much aid donors are willing to, to give. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, we didn't go on to try and hypothesise what the impacts on on health might be for that, and I guess that's why we did this study. And, yes, it does appear that, um, you know, it may be a trade-off that is is worth undertaking, but greater control does lead to better, more effective aid. Um, and so I guess that's finding or conclusion number one and conclusion number two is that um, that that certainly that donors need to reconsider, you know, their, their disengagement with SWOT, particularly in these countries, because, you know, the effect size on in infant mortality rates might have actually been even bigger had we not seen that foregone health aid. Um, in those countries. Um, that said, you know, not really top covered in those studies, these poorest implemented countries implement swaps probably need extra support in China before they can really move on to those um, stages where governments are going to be trusting the recipient government's financial and management accountability system. So, certainly a need for really increased support around that sort of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's certainly quite an interesting journey as the findings unfolded and and make for a nice, interesting thesis here for me. Any
0: any further questions? uh, Ron, you're no longer in the hot seat, so the rest of you could join me in thanking Ron for his presentation.
1: Thanks, everyone
0: been listening to a podcast from the development policy center for more information on our work visit our website at devpolicy.anu.edu.au to join the conversation on australian aid papua new guinea and the pacific and global development policy visit our blog at devpolicy.org at the blog you can also sign up to our newsletter for all the latest updates or connect with us on social media thanks for listening